I'm Jason Henriquez, and keeping up with my wife and kids has made me an old, crazy runner. Welcome to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. This is Fundy, the craziest of the crazy runners, and I've got my cousin Nicholas, always the oldest of the crazy runners. And you're going to want to stick around for our conversation with Jason Henriquez, who recently completed the 4x4x48 challenge. Man, someday we're going to do that. Not today. Not not today. Definitely not And be not sure today. to head on over to Strava and join the Old Crazy Runners podcast run club because that is where all of the old crazies are hanging out. And man, uh, Steve Salinda has run a paltry 41 miles so far. Uh, it is currently Thursday this week. But he has already covered 7,936 feet of elevation. I'm going to just round up and give him 8,000 on that. Uh, and yeah, 41 miles is respectable. But 8,000 feet, whew, man, that so, is a lot of climb. I, I'm wondering, he might just be a helicopter pilot. Or he might be running that BPA road a whole bunch of times. We don't know. A whole bunch of times. A lot of times. A lot of times. I think he's down in uh, the L.A. area near uh, Callaway, and I think he's just run up to that Hollywood sign over and over again. And they got some hills down there. I always, mountains, they're not hills. They they got shit they got to climb. I know. You think it's flat? It's not. It's not. And the parts of it are. We are in an, an interesting point. With the uh, calendar right now, you've completed the marathon. Yep. And uh, you, you, you had the mandatory told by everybody that you should definitely focus in, take the time off. You took like four days off. You didn't do anything. Last week you ran like, what, twice, three miles each or something easy? Uh, yeah, maybe four or something there, but then, uh, I was still a little tired, but I took the time off. And then, uh, this week I ran, uh, five miles and six miles, that five miler, you know, you know, that time when you take some time off and then your legs start getting antsy. So I took five miles and I was like, shit, I'm gonna do an eight twenty. I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah. Did you run an eight twenty? Yeah. Like For five miles to eight twenty three, something like that. Yeah. Well done. Well done, but you were saying uh, now, I, I, and I know this moment, you've had a huge buildup. Yep. You ran the race, and I mean, we got more on the calendar, but it's still, there's just something about that lull on the other side of that. Well, there's the lull, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm running, I did my five mile and my six mile, but you know, I, I was, I was going to run another day last week, but I'm like, eh, I'll skip it. Because we do have a lot of things on the calendar, but I have nothing on the calendar that scares the shit out of me. And I think that's what I need in life. Oh, man, I don't know. The <laughs> Seabrook Relay, I think, is going to be a little bit more challenging than we give it credit for. But I appreciate that it's not quite the same as a marathon uh, or the full hood the coast or, as we've punted, uh, the dig your grave. Maybe, yeah. maybe you need to revisit the dig your grave. Maybe, maybe, uh, well, that's a good, that's a good uh, thing. I don't know if I need to be that scared. <laughs> I definitely support that you find something and you, you, you get it on the calendar. I think maybe a half marathon between now and October is a worthy focus. But, you know, I think that it doesn't have to scare you necessarily. I think just something to keep that cycle tight. 
You know what I'm saying? One of my big uh, promises was to start doing weight training in between my runs and, you know, yes. uh, cross training. Zero so far. Zero. I've done zero. I am going to be the most annoying, repetitive person over the next several months because I cannot <laughs> emphasize enough the value that I'm seeing in a consistent, uh, hard weight regime. Yes. So everybody listening out there, if you think you're listening to the same intro over and over again every time Nicholas says something, it's not. It's new. It's He's just brand a new. habit. No, uh, this is a great opportunity. You should refocus in on that. Don't worry about putting the miles in. You don't have, I mean, your, your, your body can continue to run. Do something that's, that's going to actually make it uh, a stronger machine. That is the commitment. And I was about to go upstairs and work out today. And then my wife said, have you eaten lunch yet? And I said, no. And she said, do you want to go to Golden Valley and get nachos? And I also added a beer and I said, yeah, I do. I believe we had a conversation once be talking about the differences between goals and aspirations. And <laughs> you just summed that up perfectly in lunch. <laughs> I did. I had an I aspiration to work out today, but, <laughs> but there was beer and nachos. Yeah. Now I get it. I, I moved, I was going to work out today as well, but I moved it to tomorrow more from just a, a time pinch. Yeah. Um, it's the right thing to do. Sometimes it's just the right thing to do. Sometimes you got to have a beer. So last week we talked about Lester Wright and yep. as a hundred year old, the time that he ran setting the world record in the hundred meter, but you actually found somebody that might even be, uh, uh, just a bit more insane than that. So Michael Kish also running at the pen relays. Um, 70 years old, he wins the hundred meter race and you have to go watch the video of this guy running. He looks like an 18 year old, 70 years old, hundred meters in 13.47 seconds. 13.47. Yeah. hundred meters, 70 years old. That's sprinting. Yeah, I've never run 100 meters in 13.47 seconds, ever. I can say I've officially ran faster than that. It okay. is on record somewhere. How, how much? What was your best? Um, I ran a 10.9. Okay, which is great. So basically, two and a half seconds faster than an old motherfucker. Yes, and in <laughs> that sprint, <laughs> that's a long way, man. It's so fast. It's an eternity. <laughs> An eternity. Uh, no, that's a uh, that is definitely like you say. That is that's sprinting. That's not. I mean, sprinting. No matter what, you're pushing yourself to your maximum. That's that's what it is. Yeah. But, but this guy's moving. Yeah. Looking good too, huh? Yeah. It's just look. Just all. He's all tall, and the legs are all. They're doing all the the things that my legs won't do. <laughs> Stick to distance. Yep. So, uh, well, speaking of which, so I'm still, I'm. St- Still pissed about this one fact from the marathon. Yes, I didn't quite meet my goal. Is what it is. Ran well. Respectable time. Four hours and change is a respectable full marathon time. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It's not fast, but it's respectable. Yeah. Yeah. Four hours. You know, if, you, if you have to add in the seconds, you just waste. You, know, you, you can literally say I ran four hour marathon. Yeah. Which I think is fairly respectable. 
right? It's not it's super fast. It's absolutely You know, yeah. Boston qualifying. I was in the bottom third of my age group. Bottom third. Again. <laughs> That's insane. You got to look. You got you to read the audience, man. I know, but you picked third. one of the most <laughs> sought after BQ races out there. Of course, it's going to be populated with a bunch of people that are just insanely fast. Yeah, I could I could live with the bottom half, but bottom third just stinks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that feels like. I was 18 out of 98. Because <laughs> nobody gave a shit about the half marathon. Nobody was running the half marathon. <laughs> it was you and a bunch of people running their first half marathon ever. <laughs> exactly. Which, Slow fucks just out there. <laughs> Join the day. Haven't seen the trees. Looking at the leaves. I tell you what, though, it was a good race. It was a one forty-eight. That's uh, that's the new half marathon mark for the old crazy runners this year. You, that's you gotta, a, that's that's a solid. I'm gonna try to beat that one. You gotta try to beat that one. And then yeah. uh, my PR is also out there to be had. I think you could probably get to that if you really wanted to. My so. my hope, I have two wishes for the Portland Marathon for you. Okay. First wish is I hope you beat me. Second okay. wish, I hope you get a 401 in two seconds. <laughs> but then I wouldn't beat you. I know. That's my second wish. So the first okay. wish, I really hope you beat me. But if you don't, I hope it's just so fucking close that it just burns your ass. <laughs> so uh, I want to say the last time um, I showed you the stride, yeah. And it's guesstimate of what I was going to do the marathon in. Yeah. And it was four hours and 55 seconds. Yeah. It is now four hours, eight seconds. Nice. Well, good so, luck with that. Yeah, I, I'm going to put it out there, everybody listening. Yeah. Oh, so yep. actually, before I get to this, I love the fact that Scotty G taking on the challenge, join the Portland Marathon, going to run that with me, finally get to train with somebody. <laughs> only took four times oh yeah it makes a difference it does make a difference but here's the thing so he uh he and his wife go to this gym and uh, a couple of the trainers there we're friends with we actually ran with both of them at uh, uh bridge to bruise and and one of them at the uh, the leprechaun dash yeah and he thought that uh, uh his wife was just going to tell the trainers that he had signed up for the marathon but no she told everybody at the gym <laughs> well of course she did and, of course she did so he's kind of pissed yeah. off about that. And I'm like, well, actually, that's for the best. Now, yeah. he's, now you got to go. He's like, well, you know, first of all, I'm a cheapskate. There's no way I'm giving up $140. I was going to run it anyway. But yeah, <laughs> you're right. So in that vein, yeah, uh, I'm going to put it out there. I, I am moving my goal from mm-hmm. a sub four to a 350. 350. That's a, that's a, that's a big move. It's a big move. I'm taking confidence and stride, believing in what I'm at. I've overachieved all of its guesstimates this year, and I'm uh, uh, 20 weeks out. I got 20 weeks to get that that number down 10 minutes. That's a big jump. It's a big jump. So there you go. That's my goal. All right. We'll do it. Line in the sand. Now, if I want to achieve that goal, one of the things I might try and do is a four by four by 48 challenge. Yeah. I don't recommend doing that before the marathon. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. Um, also, uh, running the marathon, uh, always being light on your feet is good. And our current, our guest, Jason, uh, has lost well over a hundred pounds. And, uh, 
man. So he posted, uh, so he did the, the 75 hard, which is like, I think you're supposed to uh, exercise 45 minutes twice a day for 75 days and give up sugar and all this stuff. And he posted a photo of himself after that. The guy had abs. He went from ginormous to having abs. If you want to try something where you really do push yourself, but it's not like a distance race, a marathon, or an ultra, or anything along those lines, both of those challenges are fantastic events. So this, the hard 75 is indeed, if you look at it, it's fucking hard. It is no slouch thing to do. And if you want to get all 75 days in, you got to really, really focus and do that. And that 4 by 4 by 48 challenge, that's four miles every four hours for 48 hours. That also, I want to try that, actually. We got to get that on. Oh, yeah, we're, we'll do that one. Well, Jason did it, and his story is fantastic. You're going to love hearing from him. Let's get to it. Jason, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Thanks going for having well. me. Yeah, so we uh, are Facebook friends, and I have watched you uh, cut yourself in half, basically. Yes. <laughs> I basically shed a whole human adult. Well, then how does that feel? Pretty amazing. Let's dive into that a little bit before we get into uh, how running became a part of it. Um, I want to know a little bit just as far as which one preceded the other. It sounds like the uh, desire to change who you were physically kicked it off. And then as part of that, you found running. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. Uh, I can give you a quick backstory. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So most of my life, I've been super heavy at my heaviest. I don't know what it is, but I know it was over 360 pounds. Uh, I had like a 52, 54 inch waist. Uh, and I struggled basically my whole life. I would go to the gym, I'd get a trainer, I'd lose some weight, I'd do a bunch of crash diets. They wouldn't work because the weight would come back. And I would just kind of be miserable and just try and do it. And I would do it probably not for the right reasons at the time either. Mm -hmm. But then about five years ago, my son is sitting with me and he's about three at the time. He looks at me and he says, Daddy, when I get big like you, I want a big tummy like you. And at that moment, I was like, oh, oh, damn, no, I'm doing this whole thing wrong. Like this, this is not what he should be saying to me. Like, what am I doing? How am I being a positive role model? If I want him to learn good things, I got to change what I'm doing. And the next day I got up and I started walking. And it's just been from there that that was a pinnacle moment in my life that changed everything about who I am and what I do. So that day I got up started running. Oh, I started walking first because 360 pounds, you don't, you don't want to run. It's not so pleasant on the joints. <laughs> uh, but I think that first day I walked like three miles and pushing him in the stroller. So that was like that motivation right there. The next day I got up, I did it again. Next day, again. And then the next day I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to stop eating. I gotta, I gotta get rid of this, this tummy real quick. So I, I did, I'm just going to be completely honest. I stopped eating. I basically lived on like black coffee and supplements. It was awful. But I dropped like 60 pounds real fast. So that part was great. And I was good friends with a gastroenterologist. And I went and I talked to him. And he's like, hey, you've, you've struggled with your weight your whole life. What do you think of doing something like a gastric sleeve? And I'm like, hmm, maybe. Like, let me explore it. Let's see what the options are. I go and you have to go through all this counseling and whatnot. 
and I'm, I'm going through it and I'm losing more weight. And instead of them saying, hey, you're doing amazing. I don't think you need the surgery. You're doing the keep going. They say to me, hey, you need to gain some weight if you want your insurance to pay for this. I said, wow, um, thanks for that. I stood up, I left that office and never went back. Good. And just kept continuing on my journey and realizing I could do this on my own. Uh, I kept going, kept going, kept going. And it started to get cold. And I'm like, I'm going to join a gym because I don't really want to walk outside anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm getting a little older. My bones hurt more. So I joined the gym and my wife says to me, why don't you look at hiring a trainer? Get somebody to kind of give you some guidance. At least. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need that. I know what I'm doing. I'm a, I'm man. a man. I don't need exactly. no info. <laughs> I'm going to walk and I'm going to pick things up and put them down. I'm good. But I ended up saying that she was right. And Shh, don't say that too loudly. <laughs> that's, we that's can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I went and I got, you know, the free session they had with a personal trainer. And he was awesome. Like his personality is everything that sold him. Uh, and he put me through basically like a CrossFit workout. And I, then I'm like, wow, I'm really out of shape. I have no idea what I'm doing. I need to learn. So I decided then to just educate myself on nutrition. I started with nutrition and then let him guide me much more in the physical realm and torture me badly. And it was amazing. <laughs> went back to my house. I remember that day and anything that wasn't healthy or didn't fit into the plan went straight in the trash. My wife was not too pleased with that because, you know, she wanted to keep those Oreos and all that stuff around. And I'm like, no, if there's temptation, it's got to go. So I think about that point, I was like down a hundred pounds already it was he made us start running a little bit here and there. And he would have us run around the gym in circles. He didn't want us to run on the treadmill. He's like, I want you to go outside and run. So then I started bringing my weighted vest and I would run around the building like three miles in a circle around the building wearing a weighted vest. Uh, and sometimes we would bring kettlebells out and do it that way. Uh, and it just started to be a little bit more fun. But then I was like, I'm comfortable. I'm good now. I kept learning about nutrition. And that was like, I love food. So I need to learn about food so I can keep that as a part of my life and not have it as a staple, but have it as something that I know about. I know what I can do to manipulate it to work for me versus against me. So I got comfortable for a long time. We had a couple more children. And then I discovered this program called 75 Hard. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. Uh, you basically do five tasks daily for 75 days. One of them is you work out twice a day for 45 minutes, and one of them has to be outdoors. So I said, you know what? I'm going to pick something I absolutely hate, running. So I decided to, I'm going to run every day, and I'm going to run at night because I prefer to work out in the morning. So I chose running and at night, and I ended up running 73 out of the 75 days. And it was through that that I was like, wow, this, this is, a, I, I actually like this now. Well, I, I love this. And not until you know you're like, you know, two miles in where you're actually enjoying it, you get past that point of suffering. <laughs> and then it's like you get this pace and it's like no other work I've ever done. I'm just in my own space, I'm in my own head. I can talk to myself, have deep conversations. And that's when I found this, this love of running. And that, that 
was August 9th of last year. So, I mean, it took me 40 plus years to find it, but I found it. Yeah, that's when I found it. There's a uh, a few things in there I, I want to unpack. I want to start first with uh, that that one moment when you did the one thing everybody can do, and that is to just get up and walk out the door. You got up that next yeah. day and you started walking. You did a simple thing, something that your body could handle, and then you did it consistently day in and day out. And, and that's a huge change. Uh, but more importantly, you're not going to lose 100 pounds walking. And you did the next hard thing, which is you, do, you took a real good look at your diet. And not a diet. You took a, your look at your nutrition and you yeah. educated and you changed yourself. And more importantly, you realize the key that we talk about all the time, which is temptation starts at the shopping cart. You can't bring it in your home. That's and uh, I am not surprised that it took a significant amount of weight loss before running really hit home for you. It is hard when you're that heavy to try and move your body in a way that brings out those endorphins that we talk about. Uh, and so I just, wanted, I just wanted to reflect on that before we moved past it because those were some really heavy, big, yet simple steps. Simple is not easy. And you did it anyway, and you stuck with it. And, and that is something that everybody listening needs to really pay attention to. It doesn't take massive change. It takes consistent effort. Absolutely. One thing that I can put a little twist on that that I have, too, is I hear a lot of people talk about consistency. But I also believe it comes from the discipline and a healthy habit that forms that consistency. Because I was consistent my whole life. I was consistent yeah. in not being healthy. I was consistent in ordering Chinese food. I was consistent in ordering pizza. I was consistent in not working out. But it wasn't until I disciplined myself to become consistent in healthy habits that changed everything. And I think that's the, the difficult thing that I think we can all agree on. The more I'm sure, Jason, you've done a lot of research into this, is that the, it's the physical activity of doing that thing over and over that creates the habit. So you have to have the discipline to put in that first 21 days, right? You got to have the mental fortitude to get past that, whatever that is, that 21 days or 30 days of doing that same thing in a consistent manner for your body to then turn it into a habit. Exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about where you are at the moment. So you, you said somewhere north the 360s is, is, was your high point. You are not, I, I'm looking at you right now, you're not 360 pounds unless you're three <laughs> foot two. Uh, unless he has giant legs. <laughs> so so what is... a big problem now. <laughs> uh, how much are you weigh, How much do you weigh at the moment? So I, I'm hovering between 205 and 210. And how tall are you? I'm 6'1", and currently like 16% body fat. Uh, and how long have you been in that, has stayed in that range? Has it been several months now that you've kind of found what your body wants to level out at? Yeah, so I've noticed that like when I dropped it all, I went down real low and I was at like 200. And then like throughout the last five years, I went back up to like 260. Mm -hmm. And then for like the, and I, I stayed there. I was able to do anything, eat anything, and it just stayed. It was like a new normal. And then about uh, October of this year, I hit this weight again, and I've stayed here consistent again. It's like the new normal now again. And that's a great way to put it. I'm kind of at the same spot. I, I had hovered between 215 and 220 for several years and just kind of said that was, you know, that's my weight. And 
decided just, no, that doesn't have to be the case. And now I'm sitting about 195 and it's been a full year. And it wasn't until I went through a full year that my body, I think, is really saying, okay, now I know how to live at this weight. And I don't want to try and talk you into going a little bit higher because your body will baseline if you let yeah. it sit there and you can, you can change that, but it's not, uh, it's not something you can change and then rest on your laurels. You gotta, you gotta target that and stay at it. So I, I'm Absolutely. curious, uh, outside of, um, not ordering food to be delivered, which is our, my advice here as well. <laughs> what are some of the nutritional things that you incorporated or changed to help you get to this point? One of the things that, definitely helped me was understanding all my macros, like how much protein I need, how much carbs, how much fats, and then my own relation with how food affects. So I know everybody's different. Everybody's mm -hmm. nutritional uh, requirements are different. And I know carbs for me, depending on which type of carbs, most of them cause in me. Uh, so I know if I hit my protein goals, I hit my calorie goals, like I'm pretty good. So I've been pretty consistent over the past five years of like tracking my macros. And really understanding that, but I try and eat much cleaner now. Uh, we shop local. We try and get everything from a local farm, like support our local small businesses uh, and getting fresh fruits and vegetables, uh, fresh meats. Uh, so that was a big thing. And then portion control. And then not only for me, because like, you know, we go out to the restaurants and you get a plate like twice the size of your head. We went out last night, my son and I, he got a burrito that was the size of his head. And it was yeah. four bucks. And it's like, this is what we're teaching. The youth is okay. You can eat this foot long burrito that's three inches in diameter. And that's, that's normal. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. um, so not only just in understanding my own nutrition and all that is how do I instill this in my kids kind of secretly without them knowing about it. Um, but that was one of the big things for me is understanding macros, understanding where my food comes from not eating processed food as much um, and not trying not to order out. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta. Absolutely. So on a day-to-day -day basis, when you are calculating your macros and kind of planning your meals, what does that look like for, for those of us that don't really do this? And we, you know, I speaking for myself, I wouldn't know how to do that. Uh, how, how do you do that? And, and what's your focus? Uh, so there's all kinds of things about how your, your BMR, your basal metabolic rate of how many calories your body burns on a daily basis by basically just being alive. Um, and then you can add or subtract to that based on your activity. It's all kinds of like nerdy math. I'm, I'm a nerd. I love numbers. <laughs> um, and then protein basically is you want one gram per pound of lean body mass so like i'm two 205 210 but i know my lean body mass is like 180 so i'll have 180 grams of protein per day so when you weigh out your food or you're having protein shakes try and get most of my majority of my food from whole foods versus supplements and then just fill in the gaps with protein shakes or whatnot um, so your carbs and fats are usually about the same. So protein fats is like 40, 40, and then 24 fats. Um, so it's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of free websites people can use or go to. There's a lot of cool apps you can get with your phone uh, to kind of keep track of everything. One, I found it was another accountability partner for me, where if I'm logging it, 
and even recently, if I'm eating like trash that day, I still put it in. One, because I'm not ashamed of it anymore. I knew I did it. And if I, if I didn't log it, then what? Does it not count, right? But it still counts. And then it makes me more accountable that I put it in. But I also know, depending on what my needs are for the day, I can uh, manipulate the rest of my day to make it still fit where I'm not you know, eating an extra thousand calories. So that was a big thing for me. Side story on the restaurant. So we, when uh, our kids were six and eight, we uh, immigrated back from Japan to the U.S. And so we were used to going to Japanese restaurants, you know, all sorts of, you know, we hamburger joints, whatever. And yeah. we moved back to the U.S. And uh, my wife and I, we couldn't order two meals at a restaurant. We would have to, like, decide on one meal and then share it. And that was the only way we could finish our meals. Um, but unfortunately I have got to the point where I can eat the whole meal when I go to the restaurant, which probably is not optimal. No, no. And, and that, that is something that can be uh, a challenge is if it's in front of you, you're going to eat it. And, you know, we're all close to about the same age, which means we grew up with parents that were probably pretty diligent about clean your plate, eat yes. everything I put on there. Uh, and so these are hard habits to, to get out of. And it is important to really focus in that nutrition is more than, you know, it's 80% of what you're dealing with as far as any sort of weight loss or health issues. It's not ever going to be something you can exercise your way out of. Um, exactly. I want to ask just a quick question about your support system, because you did mention when you first came in and you got rid of all that temptation, your wife didn't necessarily like it. Where is she now as far as being um, a part of this whole process? Is, is she, I mean, this is something that sounds like you got to have a coordinated effort to really make this work. So um, I could put it in two different ways. Yes, my wife is incredibly, insanely supportive in any like crazy adventure that I decide to do. doesn't matter what it is, start a new business, get a job. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go run 48 miles this weekend. She's like, okay, great, go ahead. Uh, and, you know, she'll, she'll be there. She'll cheer me on. Some of them, she'll come along with me. Um, when we were heavy into CrossFit, she was there all the time. She was my favorite partner. Um, but then we had a couple more kids and going to CrossFit with little kids doesn't really work. They don't really have any child care at CrossFit gyms. Um, and then we moved a little bit further away from the CrossFit gym that we were going to. So it was like an hour commute. So we kind of stopped. And, you know, more kids came along and she kind of stayed to the side a little bit more. and was more of a cheerleader than running alongside of me. But now recently, um, she decided, you know what, I'm, I got to get back to this. And I did this challenge uh, two weekends ago. It was a, a, called the 4 by 4 by 48 You yeah. run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. My wife ran 16 of those miles with me. And... Within a few year gap, she hasn't run more than probably a 5K. She, she, like her getting there and doing that with me, like picked up my morals so much and made me push harder. That was awesome. But me, I'm a little bit different. My wife says, like, you have this thing, you have this switch, you can turn it on and then you just break the switch <laughs> and it stays on. And she hates me for it. But I'll go into my pain cave that I call it and I can sit down there and I can just go to my dark place, find myself and challenge myself and find ways to better myself where, you know, if I'm cycling, it's, it's not for five minutes or 10 minutes, 
I'm going to come out completely drenched where I can wring my shirt out because I know I got a good workout in. Or I'm going to go run and I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to walk. Once I start, I don't stop until I'm done. So I do have this crazy like mindset that we can push way further than we ever thought we could. And I think everybody has that in them. Like we think we get to a point where like, oh man, I'm done. I can't, I can't go anymore. You know, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to walk. No, no, you've got more. Keep going. Your mind is so much stronger than your body and your mind will push your body further. Uh, that is uh, very, very true. I think that's how a lot of people we've interviewed get into doing these crazy, you know, ultra marathons or challenges is that they, uh, you know, they think, oh, well, uh, I'm just going to do a half marathon because I'm not a runner. That seems like a huge challenge. And they do it and they're like, oh, well, that, that wasn't so bad. I wonder what happens if I do a full marathon. And then you do and, and you just kind of keep pushing yourself, thinking that eventually you're going to break yourself and then you don't. And you're like, well, crap, how am I going to break myself? And you keep doing more and more crazy <laughs> shit. One of my favorite quotes uh, from a past guest was, uh, you know, running is 90 percent physical and 10 percent mental. Uh, the problem is the 90% is controlled 100% by the 10%. <laughs> so Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, and it, and it, it really comes out in these 4 by 4 by 48 challenges, uh, these extended time periods where you got, have to go out and push your body because you do something, you run for four miles, you have a four-hour break. That next cycle, that first moment, the body's like, no, I already ran, I'm done. <laughs> and that's, eh, no. We got, we got yeah. 11 more take of us, these. Take <laughs> us through that cycle. I, I, I really want to know, because we've done, you know, some relays where you're doing that. You're, you're running for four to six miles, then you stop and you have this break, and then your body tightens up, and then you do it again. And, um, you know, for example, like we do the hood to coast, and that third leg, even if it's the easiest leg, is so hard to get that body up and moving. So I'd love to hear uh, from you about, you know, which, which of those uh, four miles, like, when did it really get to get hard? And, you know, what happened once you're running in the middle of the night? <laughs> so uh, that's good. I loved that challenge. In the first one, it was easy because, you know, I worked a full day prior to it, too, which made it even better. Right. You know, I get up at 5 a.m. every day and the challenge didn't start till 8 p.m. at night. So I was up already at 5 a.m., worked the whole day. I go for that first run. Now, here, it was already getting dark. So it was already dark by the time this started. But my wife got a sitter. She came along for that first one with me to get me going. That one was great, right? The next one was at midnight. And it's like, uh, it's not so bad. I mean, it was 16 degrees. So it was a little, little brisk. Uh, so <laughs> a little nippy. It was, it was okay. You know, I didn't sleep in between those. But then the 4 a.m. came. And it's like, oh, this sucks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to get off the couch right now. So I decided I was going to sleep on the couch in the living room so I didn't wake anybody else up. I had all my clothes, my meals prepped, ready to go. So I didn't really interfere with anybody else, and I just knew I can get these things done. 4 a.m., I did it. And then I came back. It was okay. 8 a.m. the next day, it's nice and bright again. I felt like revived, right? The sunlight. And it's like, all right, this is good. And then, oh, let's see, noon. It started to get a little, a little cloudy and a little brisk again. My wife came with me on that one. It was pretty good, but she wasn't at my pace. So, you know, we kind of jogged, but it still got done. It was good. Then four o'clock came and it's like, man, I'm hungry. I'm miserable. I don't 
I don't want to go. My wife's not coming. I'm not going. Nobody will know, right? I just, I'll just hook up Strava and I'll just drive real slow in the car. <laughs> <laughs> totally possible. <laughs> not that I've ever done that, but uh, then it started to get tough because the, the 8 p.m. came, and then, well, I don't know, you know, if it's a, a thing of runners, but my toenails kind of—I had two mm-hmm. of my toenails fall off. I get this blood blister underneath the toenail and then i'm mm-hmm. sitting there like what is this all right let me pop this and then oh look at that i'm missing toenails <laughs> so what did i do i just taped it up and i'm like you know what i gotta keep going it's i need to finish this i started it i have to finish and then that midnight came and then it's raining it's cold oh, oh it was 14 or 16 degrees again but it's raining rain's coming in my face and it was miserable absolutely miserable my toes were killing me. My feet hurt. That's the point where I just wanted to sit down on the curb and call my wife and say, I'm done. Just come get me. Like, I'll be sleeping here on the sidewalk. And then I remembered, you know what? No, I do these things to better myself, to be a better role model for my kids, for my wife, for the people around me. I'm getting up and I'm going to push. And then you know what? My time got better. So as I progressed and pushed myself past that mental boundary, that boundary that I set for myself, I blew that thing out of the water. And I think I took like a minute off my times that like that night there. And then it just kept going. Then again, you know, the next morning I was kind of miserable because I don't think I had like one hour of sleep. Uh, The sleep deprivation thing is real. Um, But then again, the next day, like the kids wanted to come and they grabbed their bikes and they're with me and just got refueled with that and then finished strong. And other people started to join in. There was people that showed up at my house saying, we wanted to run with you, but I was gone already. Like just seeing that, like other people come out into the community, seeing what I'm doing and it's changing their life. That is so powerful that I'm not just doing it for me anymore. I'm doing it to push myself, but so that other people can see what I'm doing and hopefully change their life. Those are two great motivations. So uh, usually what happens when you do something like this, uh, the four by four by 48 is you do something that is a little bit outside of your comfort zone and you don't know if you're going to do it and then you do it. And then our brains, cause we're stupid, starts thinking about what's next. Yep. So, so what's next? <laughs> so, you are completely correct, sir. <laughs> I, I always thought, you know, like, yeah, I, I can do these little runs. Not a problem. And then I decided to do this. And I'm like, wow, I've never run more than uh, like a 10K. Or we did a 10-mile Spartan once. And that was absolutely awful because I wanted nothing to do with it. But now I'm like, wow, I did 48 miles. I can do something more. So we have a a half marathon in June. We're doing a 5K this weekend. And we're trying to get a bunch of other families and friends to come out. And um, I might have scheduled like a half Ironman. Oh, might. I have a feeling nobody in your inner circle is aware of that just yet. Uh, My wife knows about it. Yeah, Yeah. and now more people know about it. That's the only important thing. Yeah. I guess I got to tell more people, then I hold myself even more accountable. I can't back up then. I was just going to say, I want to highlight that just a little bit because you've mentioned that before as far as, you know, cheating on Strava, not recording (laughs) something. But it's it's important because you, you hit the nail right on the head. I can make it look to the outside world what I want it to look like, but I know 
And even if I uh, turn a blind eye to myself, my body knows I ate a donut or didn't run or didn't do. I mean, it doesn't matter how you go about trying to hide it. It still happened. And if you don't accept that, then you're just going to continue to to decline and decay. So you've got to just own it and get out there and get it done. Absolutely. If you know that you didn't do it, I mean, that's more miserable than not doing it. Like the whole feat of not doing it is like I let myself down. It doesn't matter about anybody else, but anybody, they didn't know I was going to do anything, but I knew. And then I knew that I didn't do it and that that is miserable. One thing that's interesting is that when we're doing these big challenges and, and you see them from the outside world. So for example, maybe before we started our fitness journey and you see these people do these crazy things, you think that they are unlocking some sort of physical strength. But what really happens is we're we are building the physical strength, but we're unlocking these mental barriers. So in 2020, COVID hit, like it sucked. I was just like, I got to put something on the calendar so that, you know, I don't go crazy. So I turned 50 that year. So I decided I'm going to do five half marathons this year, which seemed like a big deal. And we did them and our group, we, we, all of us completed that journey. But then what we discovered is the following year in 2021, we all basically, I think we did a half marathon every single month. So I think, I <laughs> yeah. think we did a 10 to 12 half marathons. You know, some of them were just training runs and some of them were, were actual races. Well, right now I'm doing my marathon training and I've done a half marathon ev- or more every single weekend for, I think, six or seven weeks now. <laughs> That's incredible. Right? Yeah. So it's, it, you're, you just by, forcing your body to go through the process and build that strength, um, you unlock this piece of your brain that didn't exist before. This weekend, we have a 10K on the books, but I have to do 13 miles for my marathon training. So I'm going to wake up. I'm going to do uh, seven miles before my 10K. That's right. the warm-up. That's the warm-up. That's exactly. And it's going to be wet. <laughs> so the question back the to you is like how have doing this hard 75 and this 4 by 48 how what parts of your brain has it unlocked for you oh my goodness so let me tell you 75 hard like i thought i was in a good spot that i knew a lot of things right but over those 75 days like there's five things you do one is you take a progress photo of yourself every day you drink a gallon of water every day you pick a diet that you can stick to no cheats, no alcohol, nothing for 75 days. Um, work out two times a day. One has to be outdoors. And then the last is read 10 pages of a nonfiction, like self-help type book. What I discovered during that time was myself. Um, because all that time, basically, I spent alone with me. So I really started to work and dive in and dissect who I was as a person, who I was not to the outside world. I don't care about what social media thinks, what, you know, the people around me, what my family even thinks anymore. Uh, It's all about what I think and how I feel about myself. If I look in the mirror and I'm proud to see this guy looking back at me, like I did a good job. And that's where I'm at. When I, before I would hide from pictures, I wouldn't want to be in them. You know, I was, I was behind the camera taking the pictures all the time. And then when I popped up in a photo that like second shooter and my wife or somebody took, it's like, oh, delete, delete. I don't want to see that. Like I was living in denial of, I'm happy. I'm good. I'm good. But I was completely miserable. So during that time where I thought I was in this really good space where I've changed my whole life and my body and everything drastically, like I can, I found the new person that I was 
basically like um, peeled parts of like the scales off of my body and unearthed this new person. And during that time too, like not even knowing about it at work, I got like um, a couple of raises during those 75 days, right? Just because other people noticing how much more effort I'm putting in, like what a better leader that I'm being. Um, my marriage got better. My relationship with my kids got better all because I started with me. If I start to try and like fill everybody else's cup before I fill mine, I got nothing to pour. So I really found during that time when I'm finding myself too, is that I have to feed me first, take care of me, then I can take care of the others around me. I think that was one of the big, big mental shifts. And like the physical aspect came with it. Yes, we're working out twice a day during that time. Um, and today is like day 225 that I haven't stopped doing it. Um, but, you know, during all of that, not only just finding who I am and how to be a better person, like I found out just who I am is who I'm proud to be now. I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, that's a good looking guy. Or you know what? This guy can do anything. And I come up, you know, and see these crazy challenges and I'm like, yes, yes, I can do that. Halfway through, I might be miserable, but I know I can push my way through and get it done. So there's been a lot of mental toughness that's come about from doing these things and knowing that we can just push our bodies way harder than we think. There's way more in the tank. So I want to talk a little bit about this half marathon you have coming up. Uh, this is going to be the longest sustained run. Is that, is that a fair guess on my part? For a, yes, yes. I think the longest I've ever gone now is like nine, nine or 10 miles. Okay. What sort of goals have you started to put in for that? Do you have a, a time expectation? Uh, I, I know you've got to start to put something around it other than I <laughs> signed up and I'm going to get there. Yes. Yeah, like, you know, I'm just going to finish. That's the big part, right? I don't care really about the time. I understand like, and figured out that I needed to completely change my training as well. Um, I learned about tempo running. I learned about lactate thresholds. I've learned about that I need to put in a lot of strength training in my legs, especially for downhills. And there's so much science behind running. And I kind of nerd out and I'm like excited. Like, Ooh, I can learn new things. And like, oh, I can, I can get back, you know, to lift and heavy because it's not going to affect my weight, which I always had this thing where, well, if I gain more weight, then I'm going to be heavier and it's going to hurt more on my joints. But no, it's kind of the opposite. The more I run, the better I feel. And then I can actually lift heavier to sustain me and make me faster. Um, and then, you know, my lactate threshold goes up because I'm working on my muscles and I'm building my muscles to last longer for that endurance. So there's been a lot of mind shift to build for endurance versus like short-term explosive movement where mm -hmm. I would usually just go out and run and just run. I didn't learn that, oh, running slow is good that part i got a kind of excited about but it was really hard to grasp that at first like what do you mean slower gets faster but wow did that work like i did a couple runs where you know i'm kind of just the slow jog and then the next day I go out and i'm running my faster fastest pace i ever ran so little things like that are are definitely there um my wife she's the one who actually kicked up and wanted to do this half marathon so i know i got a push her into gear because she's like i gotta finish so as long as we both finish i can't just leave her there right no can i can i just yeah. well yeah. you sure well, i mean yes and no 
come, I can I can go finish and then come back for her. Sure. Yes. Yes, you can. Don't finish and then go home. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't leave her at the actual location. That is that's a hard and fast rule right there. Yeah. So I'm going to throw uh, something out at you. Um, have been training somewhat light comparative to what I've been doing recently. We had a half marathon at the end of February, and you know my zone two pace. You're probably familiar zone two. You know, nine. 45, 950. And when I was pushing a harder pace, it was more like right around nine. And, you know, I was questioning, you know, I, I had targeted the two hour half, which is like a 906 or something like that. Well, I ran an 834 pace and finished in 152. And I say that to you because I guarantee you, you're going to get out there on the race day and you're going to think that your threshold is a little bit farther out than it is. And once you get going, you're going to, you're going to blow it up. I, I, you're doing all the right things now that your body is going to be ready to go out for that 13 miles and come in 30, 45 seconds per mile faster than you think right now. I guarantee it. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to that. You just throwing it down. <laughs> I'm throwing it down. Give me the gauntlet. <laughs> and then eat a banana and chug some chocolate milk and go find your wife and run her in. Yeah. <laughs> and how old are you now, Jason? 42. Okay. Well, uh, you'll be happy to know you got at least another decade of PRs ahead of you. Yeah, absolutely. Why not a whole I, lifetime? I, yeah, exactly. I think, uh, Nicholas, is it true? I, it, so both Chris and I, a lot of us have, our current PR uh, is in our 50s for our half marathons. Yes. So I set, um, I was 39 when I ran my first half marathon and did a 150. And then I was 52 just this past uh, bit when I ran a, a 146. Um, so, yeah, in, within 10 years, I actually got faster. And I set my uh, marathon PR at, at 52 as well after having a couple under my belt. And you're going you're gonna to do a marathon. I mean, I'm looking at you. I'm listening to you. You're not going to do a half marathon and go, that's fine. <laughs> we're going to be interviewing you in like three to five years asking you how the hard rock 100 was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially, you know, like watching people like David Goggins and whatnot, who just push those limits and it's like, wow, he is absolutely insane. And then it's like, wait a minute. I don't kind of want to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to check out Andy glaze on our uh, Strava <laughs> run club. He's doing 150 to 160 miles a week. Wow. I don't even think I drive that much. Yeah. No. I definitely don't drive that much. <laughs> going going back one thing, you know, I, I we've said this before, but it's so funny how uh society thinks that running is bad for your joints when every single medical study done proves complete fact that running makes your joints stronger. I will testify to that. I mean, well, Harvard Medical School testified, all of the medical schools testified to that because it's just a fact. And when you think about it, if you exercise something and you stress it in a good way, it gets stronger. It's not like, it's not hard science. Exactly. Oh, man. Like, you know, I can tell you so many more stories about how just my diet and nutrition and exercise has changed my life. Like, every way that I felt, everywhere that I was sick all the time. I ended up in the hospital for like a month prior to me, you know, losing all this weight because I had all kinds of stomach problems. I had my gallbladder out and 
I knew most of it had to do with my diet, that I was not taking care of myself. So why should my body take care of itself, right? It's just fighting back. And I'm asthmatic. I've had asthma my whole life. I'm, I, I can't run. I'm asthmatic. I need my inhaler. Uh, that was a big excuse, especially in like elementary school. Oh, yeah, we got to do these tests. We got to do these runs. Now, look, I got my inhaler. I can't, can't, nope. <laughs> but now I haven't used the asthma med in over two years. Like that right there, and I can go out and run. I, I breathe better now than I've ever breathed in my life. So if that's not something to say about what running and exercise and your nutrition does for you, my joints feel better. When I was 360 pounds carrying, you know, my twin person on my back every day, like, dang, how did I do that? Number one, that guy that started that day was so much stronger than I am right now to be able to carry that every day. But then to say, I'm going to start and continue, like I make sure that I, I say thank you to him every day. And that's kind of who I run from because he's chasing me every day and, and wants me to be him again. Right. But I'm running forward to, you know what, thank you for who you were and what you did to me. But no, I feel so much better now. You can stay back there. Oh, but man, my joints feel so much better being so much lighter. <laughs> well, just think about uh, throwing a barbell. On your shoulders, total of 150 pounds, and go walk for three miles. Like that's that's daunting, and that's what you did. Did you hear that challenge that I'm gonna do? No, is that what you're gonna do? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> challenged me to put the weight back on that you lost and yeah. walk three miles. Oh well, there you go. So yeah. that's that's coming up soon too. So I got I got I got one little problem with that. Uh, that is actually potential for injury. When you suddenly incorporate a bunch of weight that your body doesn't have, that's when you can, uh, you know, your ligaments and tendons might not appreciate that I think he's fine. But I, this I, is I a walk, stay on not the, a run. <laughs> still, still, I mean, you just step he's wrong. Totally fine. Your body's not Stop used talking, to it. Nicholas. <laughs> but I do want to stay on the joints because that is one of the things that I, I found out through some physical therapy last year, thinking that uh, my knee was structurally unsound and it wasn't. It was the muscular aspect to it. It didn't have this. I, I, it wasn't because my joint was bad. It was because I'd gotten muscular weak. And once I started doing the proper weight lifts, now that's all gone away. And I think that's a lot of what people who aren't really exploring this sort of thing tend to fall into is this sense with the joint that it's this hard structure that you're going to hurt when most of the time the pain is because you're acting on muscles that have atrophied or just not been used like they have. And you just need to get through that and rebuild it. And it's not going to hurt. And especially after we're 40, we're not going to bulk up. You know, you can deal with all the heavy weights you want after 40. You're not going to bulk up unless you focus on bulking up, but you will yeah. make yourself a stronger runner. You will improve your core and your lower back and all the things that you're going to need to go past that 13 miles. Cause that first 13 miles, it, you know, a lot of that is just cardio and, and how much shape you're in. But you, once you go past 13, you start pushing the 26 and Fundy will tell you this. If your body isn't strong to support itself, that's what breaks down in that second half. Not all of the, the cardio training that you might have put in, but the actual just base, I got to hold myself up. Yeah, I've learned that too, especially from being heavier my whole life, that my core became so weak that I ended up with so many back problems. But with losing the weight, 
and working a ton on my core, like I basically have no more back pain. And that just that small thing of understanding that, well, my back hurts, but I have the strength in the front, right? I got to strengthen my abs, my core to sustain the weight that I have or the weight that I had all those years kind of pulled everything out of line. And now that I can do these things that I can run, I notice that a lot when I'm running is that I, I pull in my core, keep myself in line while I'm running. And I didn't even think about that until you just said that. Yeah, it all ties together. And again, going back to your back issues, you might've thought that was a, you know more of your spine or the joints, but it was probably the small muscles in your back that were all overworked and or worn down. Exactly. So I have a question. Uh, one of the things that I saw you doing, one of the things I struggle with is um, getting cardio work outside of running because I hate, I hate the bicycle. I, just, <laughs> I hate it. I'm going to hate it till I die and nobody can talk me into it. Uh, but I've seen that you do a lot of work on a rowing machine, oh, yeah. uh, which, which is intriguing to, to me because I, I see, you know, you get the upper body workout, and the, you know, more core workout on it. Uh, can you talk us through that? And then, you know, what, what machine you have and, and why you like the rowing machine? Yes. Rowing is probably one of my favorite pastimes. Like ever since I found my health journey, my fitness path, rowing has been at the top of the charts. One, when you're heavier, there's very low impact on your joints, right? Uh, it uses 80% of the muscles in your body. So if you're rowing efficiently, you're using your core, using your muscles, you're using like everything within your body. And depending, there's so many different techniques that you have. People will think, well, I just got to crank the damper up. But no, it's all about the efficiency of how your stroke is and your body mechanics. So uh, I went from, all right, well, you know, I'll just sit here on this rower because it's, it's not going to be too bad. It's just a light workout. And no, it, it pushes back as much as you push it. And yeah, you're using 80% of your body, but it's very low impact on your joints. So I have known people that have trained for Ironmans solely, like no swimming. They do cycle, but instead of running, they're rowing because it uses a similar motion. Um, and I've gone from the fact of, you know, rowing a 500 meter, I've done full marathons on the rowing machine. There's 42,195 meters. Took me three hours and 12 minutes. Um, pretty brutal, but it's pretty awesome. Um, I use a Concept2 rower. Um, you can see. <laughs> Uh, I love Concept 2s. They're huge within the CrossFit gyms, but they also take a beating. You can break them apart into two pieces and take them with you. You can throw it in the car and bring it outside. Uh, I have mine in my basement. I actually might have a slight addiction to rowers. I have three of them. Why? There's only <laughs> one of me. But if anybody wants to come over, you know, I got spares. Uh, and in regards to the cycling, I actually bought Concept 2's bike, which it works off a fan blade like the rower. And it's different than, you know, like putting your, your bike on a trainer. Um, so I usually break it up every day and I cycle and row and then I'll run later. Um, you know, it kind of fits in with the whole triathlon training. I pushed myself last year to do a triathlon um, and I did most of my training with a rower and an indoor cycler. Like it was awesome, but I love rowing. Um, you can put the TV on, sit in front of that rower. 
and watch a movie and it's just you just go blank right so it's it's similar to running but if you want to stop you can stop with running the reason i love that is if you let off the gas you just stop and somebody's got to come get you uh but rower man put that thing in front of the tv put a movie on and you can work out for two hours it's great yeah i should do more of the um auxiliary cardio workouts other than just running uh, for no other reason than to just work different muscles and, you know, continue to, to look at that whole body improvement and knowing that all of this is going to make me a better runner. Definitely. Yeah. I'm pretty committed to probably throwing a uh, Spartan race 10 K on the calendar end of this year. And uh, I have zero upper body strength right now. So I've got to fix that. That's all right. You can still do it. Listen, when I was even like 260, my wife and I were doing Spartans. They're fun. Yeah, we gotta we gotta put that on there. I want to focus in a bit on the Ironman as well. So when is your? You said it's a half Ironman you signed up for. Yeah, seventy point three. I didn't sign up for it yet, but oh, I'm going to. Especially now that I put it out there, kind of half. Yeah, to. yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might just make you do that while we have you on the video chat here. Yeah. <laughs> Which one are you uh, looking to sign up for? I believe it was Atlantic City in September. All right, so that uh, a half. You guys want to join me? No. Um, I'll be in Atlantic City when you're done. (laughs) What's the total miles? Seventy miles. Seventy point three. So I think it's a fifty-six mile bike ride. That you finish with a half marathon, one point two mile swim, fifty-six mile bike ride, and a thirteen point one mile run. Yeah, I'd almost rather just run the seventy miles. I, I don't mind the bike. It's that, that swims the hard part. Is that open water or is that in a pool? It is open water. All right. So that's more like two actual miles swimming. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't swim. Bundy has lead feet. Yeah. I don't well, know if I've, I've ever seen you swim. Well, I've always had a challenge with that is that I, uh, I have a pretty good allergy to chlorine. So if I'm swimming, so if I'm training in a pool, I just like, you know, so I'd have to find a salt water pool and those are expensive. Plus I hate it. So I'll just run. See, but if you do the things you hate, you get better at everything else. I was going to say, Jason, it just sounds like he threw up a whole bunch of challenges in front of something before he even did it. I'm allergic <laughs> yeah, to chlorine. Mostly I just don't want to. I'm allergic to chlorine. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. I can drink water. I just can't touch it. Yeah, I'll figure out how to run and row and do something else for 70 miles in support of you on that day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also need to, we need to get you... Um, as part of our hood to coast one of these times and get you out on one of these relays. If you like that four by four by 48, I think hood to coast would be right up your alley. Yeah. I, I think that would be a good idea. Cause you know what, you know, as, as the Google searches start and then you see like Ragnars and yeah, yeah it's like, Oh man, why, why am I going down this rabbit hole of running? <laughs> so when you're out there, what, uh, what is the gear that you like to wear? What kind of um, tech and shoes and all the fun stuff? What do you, what are you out there with? Well, I upgraded because my Apple Watch was is is not my friend and it doesn't stay on. You know, it doesn't doesn't hold the charge so long. So I upgraded to a Garmin Fenix Six X Sapphire. Uh, I become Garmin's a big fan. Best. Yes, I mean, man, I haven't charged this thing in two weeks. It's still at forty percent. Like, how do you not? Uh, I also wear a Whoop strap uh, just because I'm a nerd and I love data and technology. I don't really use it all for its advantages. Um, I did get Garmin's chest strap, their heart rate monitor, because it gives you a lot of good feedback on how your feet hit the ground. Uh, so mm-hmm. I try to 
fix some of that. I noticed that I have a right hip, hip impingement. So I'm trying to fix some things before I go on these long journeys. Um, I become a big fan of Brooks Adrenaline Shoes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I went to a running store. Not yet, but they might be in the shopping cart. Don't tell me why. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to buy her some. We went to running stores. And they, you know, they, they set you up with these things to get your feet right. I'm like, if I'm going to start running, I got to invest in my feet. I can't just throw any shoes on and go run. So I went there and they hooked me up with some New Balance 960s and they were great. But then I went back and they're like, whoa, wait, you have wide feet and you need a little bit more support. And they gave me those and I'm like, well, he's like clouds. Yeah. So those were a big one. And then. Most of the, the clothing that I wear is just either stuff from Lululemon uh, or First Form. Yeah, that was similar to my path as well. Adrenalines were one of the first suggested shoe. And, you know, I tried a couple of the other ones just to make sure. Uh, but I've been running in Adrenalines for, you know, probably eight, ten years now. And they just keep getting better. It's such a difference. So before we let you go, I also want to hear the story. Uh, Nicholas, you probably didn't see, but Jason posted a photo of him and his wife uh, pushing a car while wearing weight vests. Okay. About I don't think they things? just pushed it up the block. I, I think they pushed it for a while. So maybe tell the story of that one. Yeah. What's that all about? <laughs> so in our, our heavy CrossFit days, uh, we like to you know torture ourselves a little bit extra. And we used to ask for a little bit extra things here and there. Um, so it was probably like 95 degrees this day. We've already done a full workout and our trainer, he says, Hey, I, I got something special for you guys. Come outside. He gets in his car and he's like, you're going to, you're going to push my car. I'm like, all right. You, you all right? You need gas? Like what happened? And he's like, no, no, this is part of your workout. And he's like, oh, but wait, go get your weight vest. We're like, are you kidding me? And it's, it's brutal. It's hot that day. <laughs> So we ended up having to push his car a half a mile and it was like rolling hills. Like everything here is rolling hills. So half a mile one way. And then of course we had to turn them around and push a half mile back. So one mile pushing a car with weighted vest on. He was in the car, you know, yelling at us and our kids were in the car with him <laughs> with the car, not running, but you know, we had to push this car a mile and, ridiculous weather wearing weighted vests and i loved it <laughs> were you getting what sort of encouragement were your kids shouting at you were they just excited to see mom and dad pushing the car i mean that's the part that intrigues <laughs> me the most <laughs> yes uh, that's the other part that just really pushes 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 me to keep going uh, i'll jump back a little bit there was this one time during 75 hard that i was running right at night and it was like 10 30 at night and that night we had this crazy storm where like it was advised to not go out of your house so i decided i was going to pull the rower out in the driveway and row and it was like 10 30 at night and my daughter she comes out and i'm like oh boy what's wrong I'm like she have a nightmare what's going on she says daddy i'm proud of you i'm like what well, what do you mean for what she's like for always doing what you say you're going to do and like doing this whole thing with all this working out uh, right there. I was like, man, now I'm doing this whole parenting thing. Right. So those little bits of encouragement, having my kids say that 
where they're just observing from the sidelines, but then say something like that to you, where it went from, daddy, I want a big tummy like you, to, well, daddy, I'm proud of you for all these workouts. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's going to stop me now. Absolutely nothing's getting in my way. Well, I think that is a fantastic story to wrap on because uh, what better motivation than to see the impact that you're having on your children? Yeah, that's, that makes it all worth it. And uh, we have another person to add to our list of just crazy shit to send to him to join in on. <laughs> exactly. Well, Jason, it's been fantastic talking with you. Uh, I applaud you for this journey, the whole path, everything that it's done. Um, it, you, it's clear that it's had a lifelong uh, impact on everything that you're going to look at and how you just approach the simple things and the big things. And uh, you're one of the reasons why we started this podcast. And I'm really glad we got a chance to talk with you today. I'm so thankful and honored to be here. Like when I, when I heard you guys wanted me here, I was like, wow, that's, it's an honor. Like I'm really, really thankful for you guys and thankful for having me here. I appreciate you guys and everything that you do. Damn it. I'm a little pissed at Jason now. Why? Cause you made you buy a rowing machine. Well, actually, I now I'm more mad because I forgot about that too. So he's gonna make me buy a rowing machine, and then also I think he's gonna make me do that stupid four by four by forty eight next year. Uh, well, I'm way more interested in the four by four by forty eight than that seventy five day challenge. Which, uh, by the way, he threw out. He's at like day two twenty five. I love that he didn't highlight at first that he didn't stop at seventy five. He just waited yeah, he just until kept we got going. farther down the road where he mentioned that he's he's continued to do that. Um, there's there are so many positive things to really take away from that. And for everybody out there, I think the most important thing is uh, this is incremental, small, day-to-day, ongoing changes. These are not monumental things that are going to get you to where he got to. Yeah, and I, you know, I love having the world-famous people on the podcast, but there's something very special about just normal, everyday people that are just like us that are doing amazing things. And highlighting the importance of what our activities do to the people around us. That comment that his daughter made about uh, how proud she was. I mean, that's a statement that really, as a parent, you know, hits home. But what you don't realize, and what I want to emphasize to, to Jason is we have adult kids. You don't know the impact that that moment had on them 15 years down the road. I mean, that will resonate. That might set a path, a really important positive path that is now ingrained because she's seen that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really, that will really happen, you know, as we have adult children is they're watching us in our fifties do all these half marathons, marathons, and they're, they're going to hit a point when they're in their thirties or whatever, where they are busy with work or maybe they have their own, whatever it is. And, uh, they're going to be like, well, I, you know, I need to step it up and get healthy and they're going to see that we have done it and that will help them believe that they can do it too. And, and I think that, that key word in there is believe it's, it's instilling in them that they know that they are capable of doing this and yeah. you know, you got to do it for the right reasons, but you got to know you can. And, uh, that's exactly what he's doing. So once again, hats off to Jason and his journey. That's going to continue. I love the fact that he didn't look at this as there's an end goal. This is, this is a, simply a new path. And he's out there and he's doing some really fantastic things. 
Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends how much you love listening in. And be sure to go by Strava and join the Old Crazy Runners Podcast Run Club because that's where all us old crazies hang out and that's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, keep putting in the miles, and keep being old crazy runners. <laughs>